Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Welcome in on a Thursday morning. The Utah Jazz play tonight. They wrap up the regular season. They wrap up the seeding games. It's on to the playoffs. And really, there is nothing at stake in this one now. Had some games last night. There's some big games looking forward to. You know, the Clippers in Denver. Remember when Denver, if they won three in a row, they could win out and they could move up? Yeah, that's not happening. And honestly, Denver didn't really play like they wanted it to happen. Uh, they played their guys decent minutes. You know, uh, Jokic played 28, but he that was pretty much it. You know, this normal game, if it mattered, guys would be playing, you know, 34, 35, 36 minutes. Nope. Nope. Clippers uh, put together a 13-0 run in the third quarter, held the Nuggets to, uh, what was it, 19 points in the fourth quarter. I think it was 34-19. Dominated the fourth quarter, won comfortably, 124-111. And uh, I don't think it bothered Denver. I think that uh, they just accepted, hey, we're third. And Houston lost to Indiana, 108-104. So Denver can't move up. They can't move down. They're going to play the Jazz. And the Jazz can't move up anymore either because Oklahoma City scrubs uh, in the second half beat Miami scrubs, erased a big deficit, and came back and won the game 116-115. So uh, (laughs) nobody really seems to care. (laughs) Just play the games and get through them, and let's get on to the playoffs. And I think... um, I think you're seeing that, you know, home court doesn't matter. Uh, you know, in normal times, Denver's thinking, well, we got to have home court. Let's make the Clippers play at elevation. Let's play in front of our crowd here. Let's win the first two games and get off to a fast start in the series. And, and now you're going to be playing seven games in the bubble. And there's no travel, and there's no elevation, and there's no fans. There's just seven games. <laughs> so I don't, think, uh, I don't think Denver cared that much if they played the Jazz or the Mavericks. They think they're going to beat either one. They're not going to show any fear there. And they'll get the Clippers in the second round regardless of whether you're two and we're three or we're three and you're two. That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So uh, don't play your big, your guys big minutes. You know, the, the, the science people. And, you know, this is so, you know, the, there's a generation of jazz fans to whom this is normal. Uh, but there's a generation of jazz fans to whom this is just weird. Because <laughs> under Jerry Sloan, guys, they played minutes. They played big minutes. They would have played bigger minutes. Jerry held them back. You know, Stockton was limited to 35, 36 minutes a game. And he did not like coming out six minutes into the first quarter. But Jerry's like, it'll extend your career. Stockton was ready to play 40. I don't know. Maybe he was ready to play 45 or 48. But Jerry wouldn't let him go past 30. Uh, but now they just, they've got, uh, you know, they got stuff they track and they don't want to stress guys out. Do it in the playoffs when there's something at stake, but not in the regular season. And it's just nobody's, nobody's sweating it down the stretch here. Um, you know, the Clippers still don't have all their guys, um, but they had the two most important guys, and Kawhi Leonard. And they had uh, Paul George, and they uh, combined for 20, 53 points, 26 and 27, split it pretty evenly. Um, they're still missing Patrick Beverly. Uh, he's been coming back from an injury. Um, Lou Williams did play, and he came on, came in and shot it pretty well, 8 of 13, uh, got to the free throw line. Didn't shoot the three that well, 2 of 6, just kind of eh. Um, so they got those guys going. Uh, Zubak is back, you know, and he starts at center for them, and he puts up big numbers, but he doesn't necessarily play a lot. They like to go smaller, and uh, but he plays 21 minutes, and he got 15 points and 12 rebounds. That's a full game's worth of production. Four offensive rebounds. Seven of nine shooting. So, you know, he's getting a lot of layups and dunks. And uh, 
you know, just uh, they, they do their thing. And still a little shorthanded, though. So we'll see when they get Montrezl Harrell back, and we'll see when they get uh, Patrick Beverly back. But the Clippers roll, and man, if you had to pick right now, you'd take them over to Lakers if those two both get to the conference final. You know, now Houston and Oklahoma City are going to be in the 4-5, and you know TV loves that, right? Chris Paul was in Houston. They moved him to Oklahoma City for Westbrook. It's hard never going to get a championship. He went to the finals when he was with the Thunder early in his career. He's been to the conference finals in Houston. He's won an MVP. Is he going to get a title to go with all of that? But Westbrook's hurt. Uh, some kind of quad injury. I don't think it's long-term, but will he be back for the start of playoffs when you're in the 4-5? You know, there, there's a chance he get knocked out in the first round. Now, if they can get through it, there's a chance they can knock the Lakers out. Um, it doesn't look like uh, LeBron has bothered to peak yet. He doesn't look all that worried about it. Um, you know, he's commented multiple times out how hard it is to get fired up with no fans there. So if he wants his fourth title, he better get fired up. I mean, it, it could be weird. Kawhi Leonard could get his third title and, and tie LeBron. And, you know, LeBron, LeBron's dominated basketball for a decade. And all of a sudden, Kawhi would have as many titles. That'd be kind of a weird deal. Uh, you know, we'll see if it gets to that. Giannis Antetokounmpo did get a one-game suspension for the headbutt that we were talking about yesterday. About uh, And you just can't do that. You know, headbutts have to be out. But if they give him more than one game in the bubble, then he starts to win some playoff games. And that gets dicey. They don't like to penalize guys in the playoffs what happens in the regular season honestly I think one game's light for a headbutt you don't want guys headbutting each other that's brutal um, but he, he got the one game suspension so that's the deal so that's kind of uh uh, life in the bubble. And for the Jazz now, they'll go out today and they will wrap it up. That game's going to start at 4.30 here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, pre-game show will start at 3.30 and then David Locke will have a call uh, at 4.30. So I, I think we'll see a lot of what we saw. We'll see guys out. Uh, I think Gobert's already out of this game. Um, and, and even the guys who play, they're going to play 15 minutes. You know, Go out there, break a sweat, move around, uh, try to stay in rhythm. You know, The guys who did play in the last game, I mean, they were shooting it. The ball was moving off. And you have a 70-point half. I mean, yes, you're making shots, but you're making that many shots because you're running the offense well, you're spaced right, and guys are in rhythm. Uh, you can't just chuck it up and and get 70 points. Um, so I think it'll be the same thing. We'll see the starters in the first half, and then uh, and then they'll go pretty deep in the bench pretty quickly in, in the second half. So um, other games tonight, the Blazers are playing the Nets tonight, trying to wrap up that eighth seed. Uh, they've blown past the Memphis Grizzlies, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then they'll just have to win one of the two. And I think if they are the eighth seed, they'll have to win one of two. I, I really don't see any of these teams beating the beating the Blazers twice. It ought to be the Blazers and Lakers in the first round. Lakers are actually playing this morning. They're playing the Sacramento Kings. Uh, that game tips off at 1130. All right, so that's the basketball going on in the bubble. That's what happened. Uh, Conference USA met and issued a bunch of statements, but none of them involved postponing games. So right now we still got 14, four leagues that aren't playing and six that are. Uh, will that change? It, it could, but it didn't yesterday after Conference USA uh, had their big meeting. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk college football. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Networks next. Joe Ingles later this hour. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Time now to welcome in Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network Analyst, to talk a little college football. Yogi, good morning. Yes, the sun did come up today, fellas. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> just barely. Feel like, yeah, okay. I feel like I'm in Alaska in the winter. Just barely peaked, and now it's gone again. Yeah, yeah. How are you guys doing? Yeah, Yogi, I mean, come on now. I mean, you are the most optimistic. You're also the most knowledgeable Pac-12 guy that I know, and you're certainly the most optimistic. Uh, So the sun did come up, but spread some sunshine. Give us something here, please. (laughs) Totally. Well, I think this. um, And I think it's it's okay to be sad, mad, upset. Um, We all are. And I'll say this for me. Um, The adult in me says, Look, when this happened in March in Las Vegas and throughout spring ball, I talked to a lot of coaches, and they all said the same thing. It'd be really hard to have a season, you know, unless we get a vaccine, unless there's real answers to this thing. Uh, and that was then. And, and I understood that. I was like, yeah, okay, I, I get it. And, and I think when I take the emotion out of it as an adult, I'm, I'm not surprised at all by this. Um, now, the child in me, is, is bombed because, I, I mean, I, I used to call my own games in the backyard when I throw myself like diver after diver, you know, and I love this craft more than anything other than my family. So I'm, I'm bummed on that, and I feel players and, and how upset they are and fans and how bummed they are. But I think overall when we step back and look at it, the realities are, are the realities, and the majority of footprints in this conference, coronavirus is not slowing down. Um, and that's that's too bad. So I, I I'm bummed. I, I look forward to like I talked to Commissioner Scott yesterday of when we play again. You know, it's not like it's not going to happen again. It's going to be a rough couple months in that regard because we all are so in tune to having a season. I, I feel like even like my body is ready for football. Like I work out harder when it's training camp time, and I'm usually visiting teams. But that's just kind of what we got to deal with. And and I think it'll be fun to see how people get creative in this time. You know, around the sport, around the NFL, and the draft, and maybe a spring season. Um, that'll be fun to see, and uh, I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Okay, so using your analogy, the kid in me is looking forward to a spring season. The adult in me doesn't think that's going to happen. And the people who are talking about all the logistical problems. Is the virus really going to slow down? Are we going to have a vaccine? And if we do, will we have it in an amount to you know, inoculate 300 million-plus people? Um, and the wear and tear on people's bodies, uh, that's not going to happen. I mean, we're probably going to sit here and talk about it happening for six months. But as I sit here right now, if you said, you know, for 20 bucks, call your shot. I would not put my 20 bucks on yes, because I'm afraid I'd yeah. wave it goodbye. <laughs> well, I would put season in air quotes, right? And, and I don't think it's going to be 12 games. I don't know if it'll be 10 games. It might be five games. It might be six games. But I think there's going to be something. I really do. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you can look at the, you know, and I think a lot to your point will change over the course of the next couple of months. Like, Fiscally, like what happens with the schools? Like, do they get a loan that was reported? Like, how do schools deal with this and manage this? I mean, this is not easy for uh, for the business of college athletics. And, and I get that the business may change based on coronavirus too. But current reality is, you no know, college football is not great for any athletic department. Um, 
So I, I'd be curious, you know, and, and what if it was that? What if instead of spring ball you have five-week season or six-week season? You know, a lot of these teams now take six to seven weeks to handle spring ball, right? And maybe maybe they do that. Maybe we see more young guys play. Maybe we see some guys opt out because of the NFL. I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, the, the, the words of the year, fluid and flexible, right, regarding college football as of now. And, and I'm going to stay that way. You know, I, I don't think that it's going to be a full year, but I'm not – I'm not ready to, to give up on that bet. So I'll throw down 20 bucks against you, man, if you want. <laughs> uh, Yogi, I like your analogy of the kid in you because I differentiate pro sports from colleges, and even though it's somewhat blurred for sure in colleges, big business, you know, you look at the pros and exclusively, I mean, w- did you win or did you lose, you know? Whereas in college, when you talk about the, the kid in you, it, it it takes you back. I mean, I'm a sun devil, man, as the as the line goes in the the movie, and it takes me back to when I was walking the campus, and I was a fool going nuts. January 1, 1987, the only time they won the Rose Bowl, and I cried my eyes out. Ten years later, when those. I can't say the word that I want to use, the adjective to describe Ohio State. You can imagine when uh, they scored at the end and beat the Devils in that dream season with Jake Plummer uh, went away. So that's what makes it so painful because it's your school and you can be 20 years old and it's your school and you could be 60 years old and it's your school. So there is a lot of kid in us when it comes to college sports, no matter how old you are. And yeah, you talk about, and I appreciate you trying to find a silver lining, but man, you talk about how you get, you, you work out harder. You're going to, you're going to be in the best condition of your life come September then, right? <laughs> That's what I told my wife last night. So man, look out. <laughs> I'm get after it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, and, and I'd love that. That's the essence of college football. I mean, when I hear the players talk about, you know, whether it's uh, how upset they are or the We Are United movement, like the form of the of all that stuff is one conversation. The essence of it is the same, which is guys love the game. I mean, I, I told my wife last night, I said, I, I don't think that we've really talked about my love for college football. Like, I, if I don't play ball, I don't go to college. Right? Like, I've been around this game for, this has been my 20th season, you know, in a row. You know, like, I, 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 this is the fabric of my life. And and it is. Uh, I mean, I slept with the football from eighth grade until my senior year in college. How pathetic is that? Like, you know. But it's true. You know, I've I've loved it more than anything until I met her and had a family and kids and and all that stuff. But it is just, it's in second position, you know, behind that. So it, it is hard, and and I understand that, and it should be. And anything worth a damn, it is hard because you love it. And if you love something like. I've told players for 20 years, if you love it, you do anything to protect it. And that's what we're seeing right now. So I think there's so much emotion involved, right? There's so many people upset or, you know, I have all these dramatic hot takes that I'm just like, you know what? It, it, I, I'm going to see through some of that and just go right to the essence and the core of it, which is you're really hurting because this game is not going to be able to be what you thought it was for the next couple of weeks, let alone the next couple of months. And, you know, now the the wind is out of the optimism regarding you know the season occurring when we thought it would be, and training camp starting next week, and all those things. So that's okay, and I think uh, that's off the top. I got no, no problem with that, and I do think though when the dust settles, people sit back, and I believe this very strongly. 
were to look at the Pac-12 conference, the decision that was made, and it was, I think it's the right decision. You know, I think when you look at it, it's not like this. This is Larry Scott's decision. It's not like any coach or AD said, "Let's go do this." It's not like anybody who loves football every day and it's their, their life said it. It was the presidents because they listened to the advice of people that come out of Utah, Stanford, UCLA Medical, UW, like all these magical, brilliant schools, best schools in the country, best conference in the country academically by far. And then, oh, by the way, Michigan, Ohio State, Northwestern, some of the other top educational institutions agreed with it. So that, that's where my head goes of, you know what, I, I think when we look back, it was the right move to protect the student-athletes from something we just don't know enough about yet. Just for the record, uh, I was with you on diving in the backyard for the football while calling the games. But uh, sleeping with a football in high school and college, nope, that's where we, that's where we part. That's where we go our separate ways. <laughs> you got to catch him. I would catch a 1,000 a night in the dark. I am curious what you think of the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC. Are they being more patient, but they, are they going to end up making the same decision in you know a couple of days, a couple of weeks, whatever the timeline is? Or do you think... You, PK, me, we're all going to be sitting there watching SEC football this year and uh, watching it every Saturday. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I talked to somebody yesterday that, you know, called up an SEC medical personnel and said, you know, what is up with this report that you guys don't see it um, like, like we see it? Like, well, really, what do you see? And they said, uh, that's how we see it today. You know, kind of like, hey, relax. Like, um, yeah, I know how this is coming across, but we're just kind of being a little bit more patient. But um, I-, I would anticipate everybody doing the same thing. Now, if they don't, then I wish them luck. I, I mean, I don't want to – I do not want to play the I told you so game, right? Like, I don't want a player to, God forbid, uh, have something happen to him or – God forbid Nick Saban or an older coach in one of those respective conferences, you know, get sick and end up in ICU with, with lung issues or heart issues. Like I don't, I don't want to do that. So if they do play like, okay, they rolled the dice in that regard. And that is a, that is a role that the 12 president CEOs in this conference weren't cool with based on the medical information. So if it happens, it happens. Um, I hope it, I hope it doesn't, because what I, the biggest frustration I have right now, um, really collectively in the country, is that, like, man, no matter where we turn, we divide, you know? And, and what I love, and, and I'm sure you guys do, too, about football, is that it's the purest, no offense to other sports, it's the purest team sport in the world. It's the only team sport, I believe, where every snap, every position, you got to count on everybody. And right now... You know, we hear all, you know, since March, every conference commissioner is on the phone every day. Every conference is on the same page. And then what happens with basketball? They were supposed to announce it at the same time. And whatever they do, they, what's best for me? Let me announce it first. No, let me announce it second. Let me announce it. Right? There's no unity. Same thing with this. And, and I understand differences in the regions, et cetera, but um, it's not as though, like, there aren't hot spots in every one of those respective uh, uh, footprints, you know, in each respective conference. So, that, that is the frustrating, most frustrating part for me. Uh, I believe in the fact that there should be um, joint leadership in terms of is there a college football office that oversees all things college football? I'd love to see that happen. I'd, be, I'd, 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 I'd say invite me. I'd come for free. 
let me be a part of that conversation because it's it's a, it's too bad right now because now it's just going to trickle down like everything does, right? Recruiting, our staff versus your staff, our footprint. We love football more. We don't. Our medical department versus yours. And I, I still think in, until we say you're a pro, which we're not, you know, that's not the case today, it's still the job of starting with coaches up to ADs, up to presidents, up to conferences, up to the CEO group to – do what's in the best interest of student athletes, not what's in the best interest of fans and what your community wants and your crazed fan base wants. And I don't, I feel like the lines have been blurred in that regard. And I don't want to put those words in any president's mouth at any other institution, but that, that's at least what's, what the narrative is right now. And uh, I'm bummed on that, man. I want college football to be, be connected. And I want that to be a part of this country's healing process on a bunch of levels. And, It'd be cool if uh, at some point in my career that, that's the case. If these other conferences somehow do manage to pull it off, do you see as that being detrimental to the Pac-12? Uh, I don't know. I mean, is it detrimental that the Pac-12 said we're going to put health in front of everything else and what we know from our institutions in front of everybody else? I don't think that's detrimental. Um, I think the narrative of like, well, the playoff happened again or there's a college football season and the Pac-12 isn't a part of it. Yeah, that's not going to be great. Um, but I also look at uh, the brands of Utah and Stanford and Oregon and SC and UW and Cal. Like, and I believe this. The longer none of those teams get an L, the stronger their brands become. SC, or SC and Oregon, to the top, five recruiting classes in the country right now. Those guys ain't slowing down in regards to recruiting. You know, nobody could tell you even what Stanford went last year. Nobody would say, yeah, they're four and eight. Like, their brand is rolling in recruiting. Like, so I think that there's there's a bunch of different angles on that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, if one, if some team plays and, and another team doesn't, the team that plays and they get a lot more love and a lot more shine. But I don't think it's detrimental based on why the decision was made. You know, the decision wasn't made on a hunch. And that's why I love that even the Pac-12 put out all those documents yesterday. Like, go read them. You know, like, here's the deal. This is what they believe in with Corona. I talked to coaches in the NFL last night, and I was just like, hey, what's it like with you guys and testing? And they're like, man, it's so intense. Like, there's no chance college could do what we did. Just based on, I mean, every day, the amount of money. They own a testing, uh, uh, whatever, testing lab. Like, you could say, well, why can't college have that with all the money? Well, there isn't as much money, I think, as people think in college football, number one. And number two, like, that, there isn't an overarching body to, to make that happen for college football. And that, that, I think, is a glaring issue with what, what we're dealing with right now. Well, Yogi, I think uh, America has to follow your lead. Go to the backyard, throw passes to yourself, make diving catches, and uh, call the games yourself because you can do that socially distanced. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's still one of the most fun times I've ever had in my life. And you just launch it. How, how far can you go get it? <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to do that on the beach. I'm going to take our five-year-old. We're just going to play diver every Saturday. Pretend like we're in Rice Eccles. Maybe we throw up some film on uh, Instagram or something. See what we can there do. Go. I like it. Uh, which beach? Uh, Venice. 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 Follow him on Instagram. You'd know he's at Venice Beach all the time, man. There it is. <laughs> Yogi, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Anytime. And, and I hope we can talk as uh, 
as the months of the season go on. It'd be fun even for my own mental psyche to stay connected to you guys. Okay. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep that in mind. You'll, you'll hear from us. All right, brother. There's Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network Analyst. We're going to take a break, come back with Joe Ingles. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I was going to say, y'all rested, y'all relaxed. You sound slightly caffeinated, to be honest with you. Nah, I literally, my alarm went off probably 10 minutes ago. I literally walked out of my bed, turned my coffee machine on, which just ticked over to the right uh, temperature. Um, and now I'm just sitting on my bed, <laughs> wait, waiting for you guys to leave me alone so I can make my coffee. <laughs> well, Joe... You know, my father told me, you know, you get paid an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Do you feel guilty, man? Because you're, you're only, like, working half a day these days during games. What's going on? Half a day? I've been working about two hours a day for 15 years. <laughs> well, half a game, then. Come on, man. I know, I know for the last 15 years I've been very, very lucky to, to do what I do to make a lot of money. So, um, yeah. You ready? Ready when postseason starts to get the minutes back up? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I just do what I'm told, and um, we're not in the, the meetings or the, um, the the numbers guys that, that that put the numbers together of how much is it, it, a good amount to play or not to play or, or to practice. Um, we're, we've got practice right after after this call um, this morning, so um, same kind of thing. We we get pulled in and out of practice um, as well. And obviously we've we've got people in place that make those decisions. That's definitely, definitely not coming from me. Um, so we obviously just kind of do what we, we are told to do, more or less. <laughs> so do you get to lobby Quinn at all? You've got a long consecutive street game going. I mean, he could break that telling you what to do. Do you tell him, come on, give me 15 minutes. I can, I can help these young no, guys improve. Yeah, yeah no, he's... Um, it, it's funny because obviously the other game we we had a couple guys actually a little bit banged up and um, so they obviously didn't. I think I was the only starter that played or someone else might have. But um, I actually didn't even. There was no 
there was no conversation with me about um, what the plan was. I just got told I was I was playing and probably going to play a little bit less, but I was definitely going to play. And I think that's just. Um, I, I mean, I, I want to play. I, I don't want to. I don't want to see. I think we've kind of had this. We've talked about this a little bit on on the show before, but I just don't. Um, not that I don't believe in like resting or anything like that, but if obviously if I'm if I feel healthy and I feel like I, I can help our team, if it's uh, ten minutes or if it's uh, forty minutes, I obviously want to be out there. Quinn knows that and, and respects that, and uh, so I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going to be out there regardless. I actually had a I did an interview yesterday with someone about something else, and it, and it came up, and it came up that obviously guys have have rested and stuff like that, and my thoughts on it and um, I had said that basically that it, it, even with this situation with the, the virtual fans and um, like League Pass or however else you can watch at the moment ESPN um, but I know being a part of an NBA team is, or a part of the Jazz everybody's really watching Donovan and Rudy like I know that they're the face of our organisation but I know somewhere in the world or some virtual fan has paid money to watch me. Like, I know there's at least one person that wants to watch me play. <laughs> maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, maybe it's a kid who's... Um, I don't know why, but I'm his favourite player because there's way better players than me, but that, that one person, I, I want to... You know, It might be the one time they can afford to, 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 to watch or to get on the virtual fan or buy a league pass for one game and they want to watch me play or, or come to Vivint when when we are in, in the stadium come to Vivint and it's, their parents have saved up their money to, to go to one game and maybe somehow or some silly reason I'm his favourite player and, and he wants to watch me play so I want to be out there as um, every game that's just a, a part of how I've always played So we've seen as a team and you individually the shots are going in more uh, is that a matter of man, just uh, well? Of course, they're going to go in. If they weren't going in before, they'll go in. So you have the you know, shooting percentages are what they are. So if you miss a few, then they make a few. Or how much is it is more so maybe the team and everybody individually getting more comfortable playing in this environment in the bubble, playing more comfortable without Bogdanovich, or maybe a combination of all that stuff. Yeah, honestly, I think a, a, a little bit of all of those things you said um, put together. I think. We again, <laughs> like the the rest and the numbers of that. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of analytics and stuff in basketball now, and um, a part of that is shooting too. Like if you if you're a forty percent shooter, more or less, if you shoot enough shots over a long period of time, you, you're going to shoot give or take your your percentage. And um, I think the the different thing with our team shooting too is we, we don't take bad shots. We're not. I mean, it might happen every now and then. I think obviously it happens with every team at, at some time of, of the season or whatever. But if you look at it over, I mean, say, these seven games or whatever we've played here, like the amount of shots that... I mean, maybe you guys would look at them differently, um, not knowing what we're trying to do or whatever it is. But I, I think even fans and jazz fans that have watched us for a little while would sit there and be like, man, these, like, we don't take bad shots. We don't have guys taking shots that are crazy. Um, we know the system. We know what shots we're trying to get, when to take them. Um, Quinn's tells everyone individually, kind of not when, when or whatever to shoot, but different times. There's obviously different guys that are 
had more leeway than others and stuff like that. So we, we all kind of know our roles, I guess, and um, all those things, getting used to nothing. We were talking about it the other day with, uh, like, not having fans and guys that aren't shooters, the guys that feel that pressure of the crowd and all that, like, it's easier for them because there's no pressure. There's no one in the crowd. There's five people in the, the crowd helping clean the floor and whatever. So, um, yeah, all those things combined, I think, play a part in us just being more comfortable and... Um, uh, the, the biggest one for me is just shooting our shots at like if you're an open shooter if we run a set and you get the ball and it's where you want it shoot it if, if you're not obviously move the ball or, or make a play um, but yeah it's, it's definitely becoming more comfortable all around I'm curious with the young guys, uh, what has really impressed you? What can we watch? I always hear from NBA coaches and scouts, like, bring one skill that can really help the team. If you have one thing you're really good at, rebounding, shooting, defending, whatever it is, if you have one big-time NBA skill, you can help the team. And I know you're generally going to be supportive of all the young guys because that's how you always are when you come on. But as you practice with these guys, you probably have thought, hey, this guy can – do this one thing he does it really well kind of yeah, educate the fans yeah. a little bit what are these young guys bringing yeah well I think first and foremost they, the, the energy and stuff like that is um, is pretty unreal especially at my age and stuff I look at them running around I'm like I don't know how you guys do that because I cannot do that um, but I actually had the what you said at the start of that I, I've had that conversation with a few of them of like you look around the league and there's, there's there's only a very kind of handful of players that are, are kind of doing a bit of everything or are great at, at, at several things. Um, to break a team, to break a, a rotation and then a, a starting five or whatever your kind of goal is or, or what you want to get out of your career, it's exactly what you said like you need to be unbelievable at something like really good at something and then some I think depending on how good like if you say I'm the best defender in the league like you can you can be in the starting five and probably any team if you can add like three corner corner threes if you can add pick and roll if you can add like whatever that is but if you've got one thing like you said it's it goes a long way to to kind of I think like opening the door and then you can kind of build on it and build on it. And I think um, I've had that conversation with a few of our young guys. Like, hey, if you want to make this team or like right now, if you want to play, like your role is going to be this. Like uh, I've said it to, uh, I think the, the two that have played the most is probably Mia and and, uh, and Rajon kind of consistently here. Um, and for them, it's like, we don't, we don't need you doing too much. Like, uh, obviously, if you get an opportunity to, to, to play pick and roll, to, like that's, we're, we're no one's going to run over and take the ball out of your hands. But they know their role. Like, come in and they're going to get a chance on the best player to defend them for a little bit or they're going to be whatever it is. And so so be really solid defensively. Um, obviously, rebound and, and close the possession. And then, I was about to swear, then, then get, out, get out and sprint to the corners or, or sprint the lanes. and um, Or if they rebound, they're, they're bringing it up. We're, we're a pretty versatile team with that. So... Um, and I think for, for them, like, if you look at one of like, you just say Mia, for example, like if he's, if he's in there with three of the starters or two of them, like he, he, his biggest asset to what he can bring to us is that energy and that like getting up and defending. And uh, he did a really good job on um, DeRozan 
the other day when we played the Spurs and stay down his shot face. He stays down his shot face. He got out and ran the floor, hits a couple threes of the, the, the shots we want. Like swing, swing, suit the ball. Like it doesn't really matter who it is in that stage. Probably so Rudy. Rudy's probably the only one that's not shooting threes in our team right now. Um, and they've, they've all done, and not to, to kind of just name those two or whatever, but they've all, all the guys that have come in have, have played their role and, and not try to do too much. Um, and not try to kind of not exist out there. They've all tried to do it. They kind of stand their, their authority on the game a little bit in, in their own individual way. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really good. They've, they've all played well when they've played together as a group of five or whatever it's been, or with like one or two of them out there with, with the starters. It's been, uh, it's been good. So watching Donovan the other day was sure a lot of fun against the Nuggets, man. He was sensational. And I got a theory I want to run it by you and tell me if it makes any sense to you. I know. I'm, I got that, and I was thinking about this all week. And I voiced it on the air earlier in the week, but I want to get your thought on it. He's obviously decided that he's going to be socially active, and he's going to speak up. He's going to be on social media, and he's going to you know, wear a bulletproof vest. We all know what he's done. He came out when – I don't know how much you're following American politics, but the Democratic Party, Joe Biden – announced a, a running mate, and Donovan had something to say on that on Twitter. So whether you like it or not, that's not the point. The point is that he's stepped up his game from that perspective. Now, if you want your voice to be heard, well, who's the loudest voice we have in the league? Well, it's LeBron because he's been viewed as the best player for 10 years. So my theory is if you want to be uh, an activist, great. So so be it if that's what you want to do. If you don't want to do it, that's fine too. But if you want to do it, you got to have the game on the court to back it up because nobody's going to somebody who's getting 10 minutes a game and asking them what their political beliefs are. And if you want that avenue, you got to have the game to match it. So if you're a Jazz fan, it's good news to have him do this other stuff because now he's got to got to put up or shut up basically out on the floor and I think we've seen this in 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 Orlando I mean he was sensational in so many clutch situations so from the Jazz perspective in terms of having them win he's put himself out there now he's got to get the game to match the voice you buy that theory well <laughs> like yes yes and no I guess I, I agree with with a lot of it, I think, uh, regardless of, especially obviously Donovan's platform is what it is now because of what he'd done previous to the game you're talking about or getting to, to this bubble or, or whatever it is. Um, and I think um, regardless of, obviously, for me, in my mind, like he, he's always going to play well. Like he might not have, he might not have, 30 points, but he's got eight assists and he's got really, like, there's a lot, there's more good games than not from Donovan and, and not just scoring. And that's what, what we expect from him. Like, if you're not having a good night of scoring, then get guys involved. So, that is what it is. I, I think, like you said, with um, him him talking about all the issues that he's, he's talked about, you, you've got to you've got to be you've got to be really intelligent and you've got to really know what you're talking about. Otherwise, people are just going to think you're full of dog poo-poo and he's done a, I think he's done a really good job and that's from a guy who again from three weeks ago like I'm not from here I don't know probably as much as what I should or, or what I could know and, and I've done 
sat down with him. I've sat down with other people. I've listened to my team. I've listened to, I've read articles, all that. But once you, once you start voicing that, like you said, like you, you've got to be locked in and, and, and know what you're talking about at the right time. And like you said, if you're going to tweet something about Biden and what you know, like you've got to know what you're talking about because there's a lot of people out there that don't play basketball that do know what they're talking about. Like just regular people, I'm saying, not, not people in the office or people in, just a, just regular baby basketball fans that, that know exactly what they're talking about and the point they're trying to get across and whether they believe it's right or wrong or, or whatever it is. So I think he's done a, especially at his age, to, to, to take that kind of responsibility and, and, and run with it. And, and I think he's done an unbelievable job. And I think that's why it kind of makes him sad a, a little bit with like reading some of the comments that get put on, on his stuff or on, on the team stuff. Um, about him or about the, the issues or, or about not supporting the Jazz, like stuff like that. And it's um, it's kind of sad because it's, and I don't want to get kind of too deep into it on a Thursday morning, but um, just the, the, the obviously the intentions of it and stuff like that, and it's still coming out that it's that we're doing a, a bad thing or that we're not that we're disrespecting the flag and stuff like that, and obviously. It's, Absolutely, no part of that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of Donovan to be, to be his teammate and for him to stand up for what he stood up for. And, um, and yeah, it, it, like you said, it, it definitely kind of, I guess, helps. Um, but you also, like you said, you, you've got to put your money where your mouth is and you've got to, at the end of the day, the stress or the pressure or, or whatever it is that you, you're feeling with, with taking on these issues, he's still got to go out there and, and play really good basketball. Um, and he, he's done an unbelievable job, obviously small sample size of of that, but, but I, I just don't see... It doesn't affect him. People can say that what they want. Like, as an NBA player or an AFL player or... I mean, you guys probably get it. Like, if you, if you don't have thick skin of... You guys have opinion. I've listened to the show twice on those two drives in and like you guys have opinions of things and you guys talk about things and if, and people are going to disagree with you. And if you're getting your feelings about it and, and stuff like that, then then it can be a long day or a long week or a long month. And um, he, he does a good job, a really good job of, of standing up for what he believes in first and foremost and then not letting it affect him when, when people obviously either disagree with him or attack him. Um, he he kind of, not laughed it off, but that, kind of analogy and kind of laughs it off and then goes and plays basketball um, and does a, a hell of a job of, of both of those, I think. The best part isn't when they uh, rip you or when they tell you something that you've literally lived for 30 years. Uh, the <laughs> best part is when you talk about something for a long time and then they summarize it in 140 characters and don't summarize it spot on because how can you you know summarize some of these issues you know in three senses yeah yeah, i still think one of the the greatest and we try to do it i think it was last year with with uh with fa udo and a few of us we we'd try to uh, i guess had ideas but like and i still would i don't know if it's possible i don't know if it's something that isn't meant to be told that because we didn't get it done, but having having like an open forum type, like if can you like imagine if if Donovan, myself, Quinn, I don't know who else, five or six athletes from the from the Jazz, Steve Starks, whoever it is, and had like an open forum, sat in the middle of Vivint, had it 
sold out, or not selling tickets, but had people come and listen and listen to these stories. Like I was saying before last week, or the week, like they listened to this, some of these stories if guys were, were open to telling them. Hear it from their perspective, see their, the, the faces of, of pain and, and fear and sadness and stuff like that when they're talking about it. And um, we'd, we'd brought it up a couple of times without potentially doing it. Obviously, it's, it's very hard, especially with, with the world now and stuff like that. But um, I think it could be something really powerful one day if we can, um, whenever the day is that we can sell out visit again, um, or, or not just there somewhere else, whatever, but just just having that open discussion so they can hear it and like there's a lot I, I honestly believe there's a lot of people that just don't care they're not gonna gonna listen or, or want to listen um, but there's also a lot of people out there that are gonna listen to Donovan Mitchell like we were saying before like he has that voice so um, yeah hopefully hopefully people understand the, the reasons behind what, what the NBA is doing and, and what the jazz players are doing well, you have pretty good access to a radio station and a TV station if you really want to do it, because you can't put 20,000 people in an arena right now, or 18,000 through a six. I'm get in more trouble for trying to do that. Yeah, you? right. Yeah. But uh, you, I'm serious, Joe. You do have that. And, you know, if your teammates want to do that, uh, the, the radio station and TV station I work at, I, I'm sure we'd be get, give you a platform yeah, to tell those, I just, I tell like those stories person, unedited. It's so much more in person. It's so much more powerful. But I understand, obviously, with the world at the moment that's who knows how long that would be we um, we know we got to cut you loose because you do have to go to practice you weren't kidding about that but they're opening the bubble to to friends and family here with some of the teams leaving here in a couple of days there'll, there'll be more space and bring people in are your wife and kids going to come down or no uh not right now um obviously with renee's 25 weeks pregnant now and um Jake is still doing therapy and stuff like that, so we, we honestly haven't haven't talked about it. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. But I just don't. It's a lot more effort to kind of get them here, um, get them like get, get Jacob resituated, and he, he's like I said, he's doing really well in therapy at the moment. It's something that you don't want to kind of mess with a little bit, um, as much as I would love to see him, but. Um, yeah, we'll, just, we'll see. Maybe for a few days or something like that, if they're allowed to come. But they've got a quarantine as well, and I don't really want my kids quarantining in a hotel room, even if it is only a few days or something like that. It's tough enough at, <laughs> at home full time. Never mind uh, in a hotel. So um, I doubt it, but, but we'll see what happens. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate it, and we we'll look no forward worries. to uh, seeing you in the game. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. There's Joe Ingles. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines next.